As a writer, I started journaling as soon as I could pick up a pen. In 2010, I decided to journal in a much more public way by creating my blog, emmasthing.com. That's what he said is an extension of my blog and what I like to consider a weekly peek into my personal journals. As someone who's always had a knack for making the ordinary extraordinary, each week you can expect to hear all about what the hell I've been doing, what I'm reading, watching, and listening to, and plenty of opinions and asides along the way. Consider me your office bestie you don't hang out with outside of work, but love to catch up with. Welcome to That's What He Said. Well, hello again, listeners. Welcome back to That's What He Said for another episode full of questions and answers. But this time, the questions aren't for me. They're for my mother, the one and only Ellen. We had such a blast recording last week, and I can't wait for you guys to delight in her Texas twang, no-nonsense answers, and a lot of side tangents. But before we get into that segment, let's talk about what the hell I've even been doing. So last weekend was busy, capital B-U-S-Y. Not only did we have Whitney's baby shower on Sunday, but we, as in Zach and I, were also hosting a sort of belated Friendsgiving slash early Christmas party at our house um, just for my group of best friends, also known as Whataburger, which is a long story. I'll explain it some other time. So with everything that we had going on, you'll understand that when I started feeling something coming on Wednesday night, I was super anxious and nervous that it was going to turn into something way more by the weekend. It started with my throat and it was just that feeling that you get like you can't really say that you're sick quite yet, but it feels like the beginning of a cold. And I was freaking out because I just could not afford to be sick with everything going on. And especially this weekend, as you're listening to this right now, is my cousin's wedding. So I was just like in a frenzy about it. And I don't want to leave you guys hanging in suspense. So I'll tell you now that it ended up being the most mild cold I've ever had in my entire life. It it was super weird. It's like I didn't feel 100%. But I felt good enough that I was able to power through the weekend in one piece. And now today, as I'm recording this on Tuesday, I feel 1,000 times better and like completely normal. I actually felt that way yesterday on Monday too. But like throughout the weekend, there was a lot of sneezing and like some nose sniffling, but it never progressed further. And I'm just very thankful for that. I think we can all relate to that feeling of anxiety when you feel like you're about to get sick before some really big events. And so I'm just very grateful that it turned out to be something I could handle. So anyway, Wednesday during the day last week, I was invited to get a free facial at the newly opened Heyday Skincare Company that um, actually just opened their first Texas store literally right up the street from me. And they have plans to open, I think she said like six or seven more in different cities. So Heyday is out of New York and seems to specialize in all things skincare, but mostly customized 
facials and it's a really cute studio and a really good spot in Dallas. So I'm hoping that they do well and see a lot of success. They have tons of top of the line skincare products like in the store that you can actually buy. So I imagine it's a skincare junkie's dream to pop in and look around. As for the facial itself, I enjoyed it and it was good and my esthetician was such a delight. But just for me personally, it didn't compare to the hydrofacial I received at Zoe Center off of Oak Lawn Avenue in Dallas last month. Like I just felt like I got a lot more out of that facial. And I really, now that I've gone the hydrofacial route, it's kind of hard to go back. But my specialist at Heyday did do some microdermabrasion on my skin, which I've never gotten before, and essentially was told that it's it's basically like an intense exfoliation for your skin, but with a machine instead of like an actual, you know, exfoliating scrub. And it honestly felt kind of good. Like, I'm sort of beginning to realize that I don't mind pricks and light stings when it comes to my skin. And that makes sense because just two days later, I went to get my labia lasered. <laughs> So here's the deal. I have been going to Ultimate Image Med Spa here in Dallas off of Greenville Avenue to get any laser hair removal for years at this point. I completed my bikini line treatment there. I actually had started it somewhere else like many, many years ago, but that place shut down and sent all their clients to Ultimate Image. So I've been there since I don't even know when. And I am just about done with my armpits, which is the second thing that I've had um, laser hair removal treatment on. And both of these things, the bikini line and my armpits have been completely life-changing. Like I cannot sing laser hair removal treatments enough praises, you guys. I will always be a very hardcore advocate for it, especially depending on what color hair you have, how intense your hair growth is and all of that. It, it makes a lot of fucking sense for darker haired women. I will say that. So I just kind of like want to give you guys a background of my journey with it and why I decided to um, get my labia done. <laughs> Every time I say it, it makes me laugh because I'm 12. So um, it all started with my bikini line. So for years, like throughout you know, when I started even messing with it when I was a teenager into college, I shaved and or waxed that area. But when I got to like my mid 20s, my skin started reacting really, really bad. Like I got the most horrific ingrown hairs that were not only painful for me, but obviously super fucking embarrassing. Like I didn't want any guys to see them. I didn't want to put a bikini on. So I went to my dermatologist. I, yeah, I went to my dermatologist and I asked her what the fuck I could do. And I literally pulled my pants down and showed her the ingrowns and she took one look at them and was pretty horrified. She told me that my only option in terms of hair removal going forward was getting the hair lasered or I could just let it all go naturally and use very like minor gentle grooming tools to contain it. So those are my two options. And that is when I started my laser hair removal journey. And so I've been thinking a long time about 
whether or not I want to get my labia done. And to those of you who aren't on a first name basis with female anatomy, the labia are the lips, which feels super crass to say. And again, I'm giggling. So as if I haven't gotten too personal already, my current situation down there is a very groomed and contained landing strip. My bikini line doesn't grow anymore, like obviously, so I don't have to worry about that ever. The only other part down there that I do have to worry about is the labia and I fucking hate it. It's just so much upkeep. It's a like the worst, hardest spot to get to. And there's so much effort involved. And I just absolutely hate dealing with it. And I could for sure just let it go. But that's not a personal preference me. I don't want to. I'd rather it be bare or at least like super thinned out most of the time. So last week when I went to book my um, armpit upkeep appointment, I threw a labia appointment on the books and just went for it. I don't know if uh, this is obvious or not, but I'm not a super modest person. I mean, I can be in some situations, but when it comes to being naked with doctors or estheticians and the like, I definitely throw caution to the wind. Like if anyone is going to be numb to the human body and it not affect them, it's going to be that group of people. So In those situations, I basically check out and maybe dissociate a little bit and remind myself that they've seen hundreds of vaginas before. And that's how that's how I go in to these, you know, kind of vulnerable, uh, exposing uh, scenarios. So I wasn't nervous at all about splaying my lady bits for her to see. I was much more nervous about the pain level. And I'm happy to report that it honestly was the same as every other body part that I've had lasered. Like the sensation is definitely more intense because it's such sensitive skin and the most private, hidden, never sees the light of day part of your body. But like with all laser, it was over as soon as it started. I mean, all laser hair removal treatments that I've had because they've been smaller areas are so fast. And truly, I mean, I don't even think that they spend more than like two minutes. And the stinging that I feel goes away almost immediately. So it really wasn't as bad as I was thinking it was going to be at all. It was just kind of like a really weird mix of emotions for me because, you know, the laser, the warmth of the laser being shot at my vagina was kind of comforting and cozy because it was warm, but then painful but like only for a second. So that's kind of like my uh, report on my first session uh, way down there. I'm very glad that I've started the journey and I already know that I'm not going to regret it. Like all the money that I have spent on laser, whether it was my bikini line or armpits or now that this other area, it's all been worth it. And I really cannot recommend it enough. And whenever I talk about it, people ask me how many sessions it takes for the hair to be basically gone. But the answer with that is going to vary based on your skin type and your hair growth and all of that. So it's completely personal depending on who you talk to about it. But I would say for me, 10 to 12 sessions on my bikini line and my armpits has been the magic number for me. I would almost say that armpits, it's been a little faster. And Ultimate Image, where I go, sells you a pack of six to start, or 
you can do three. I just recommend doing six. Um, so yeah, they have it all set up for you to get what you need to get done. And I will definitely be linking them in the show notes if you're local and you are interested. So now that we have my labia out of the way, let's continue on with what the hell I did last week. So on Thursday morning, I went on a super long walk with Whitney on the Katy Trail, which I was super into doing when the weather was like a bit more predictable, you know, back in in the fall and like late summer and all of that. So it felt really good to get back out there. It was long overdue and just a great way to start the day. I also on Thursday went on what was supposed to be a very quick trip in and out of Ulta Beauty to get some new hair mousse to try. And I ended up leaving with a cart full of product, which got me thinking that I feel like Ulta may be worse than Target in terms of going in for one thing and leaving with a hundred things. Like I love Sephora for all things beauty, but Ulta has a lot more random shit that spans every single category. And I just feel like when I go there, if I'm not paying attention to myself, that I can spend a stupid amount of money in that store. But I love everything that I walked out with, I got some cool new hair clips. I got another like more electric blue eyeliner because I'm like really into experimenting with that right now. And I got a facial razor to do some dermaplaning on myself, which, oh my God, I did that as soon as I got home after getting that. And I probably shouldn't have done that so soon after getting microdermabrasion, but like nothing bad has happened. So whatever. That shit's fun. Like getting a legit more like heavy set facial razor to deal with the peach fuzz on your face is incredible and addicting and I can't wait for it to grow back and do more. <laughs> so um, on Friday, I headed up north to Plano to record today's podcast that you're going to hear with Ellen. And we had a fashion show at lunch where I tried on both of the dresses and we finally decided on one. So if you follow my podcast Instagram page, I gave an exclusive sneak peek. And when my mom and I open this podcast, when we start talking, I make a thing out of not saying which one I chose, but secrets out, I went with the black dress. There were incredibly intriguing arguments from all sides about each dress, but at the end of the day, I just feel so good in the all black dress. And on top of that being a major deciding factor, I also realized that one, I don't have a formal black dress at all, like in any sense of the word. I actually don't have any formal dresses. So that's why making this decision was so hard, but it ended up in my mind being that it made more sense to start with a somewhat plain, straightforward black dress as my first piece of formal wear in my closet. And two, I realized that the black dress is not something that I can wear past a certain age. I mean, I could, like you can wear whatever you want, but if we're being realistic and I'm just talking about myself, like 10 years from now, I'm probably not going to be reaching for this black dress for a formal event. And a lot of people wrote me and made that exact point basically saying that you know they like the black dress more and I should wear it because it's more shapely and sexier and you know it's the dress to wear right now while I'm young and I'm in shape and the other style is timeless and they'll never stop making like gorgeous a-line t-length dresses and I 
can wear those, you know, well into my older age. So all of that sold me. And then also trying them on for my mom. I mean, for her, there was no competition. She just was like, the black dress is just 30,000 times more flattering on you. And you would be silly not to go with it. So with my new waterfall crystal earrings, and I got some like sparkly black rhinestone heels from ASOS, and I'm using this hand-me-down evening bag for my mom, the outfit's coming together. And I haven't decided yet what um, I'm going to do with my hair because that's always kind of like a game day decision for me since my hair is so fucking unpredictable. And I also haven't decided if I'm going to do red or pink lips. But in general, I feel really good about the decision. And I thank you guys so much for weighing in, truly. So Friday night, our best friend, Stephanie, who moved to Tulsa back in February, she's the nurse, got into town with her husband and they stayed with us the whole weekend, which was so awesome. It was our first time hosting friends at our home instead of family. And it was just so fun to have them here and spend that time together. On Friday night, we went to dinner at Odele, which was pretty good, but also oddly dead. I mean, I haven't been there in months and we were there later, like around 8.45 at night, but I've only ever seen it crowded as fuck. So that was kind of shocking to me. But anyway, yeah, it was really good. And we had, we each had like one drink each, or actually maybe the boys had two. And then we came home and just kind of hung out. Oh, Getty like was really intent on us playing Mexican Train, which she hadn't played a, a lot of. And so she was having a hard time explaining the directions and her husband was much more well-versed in it. But like him and Zach were so ADD Friday night and just kept going off on all these different tangents and wanting to have side conversations. And I was like, Getty, maybe we should like give up playing this game. But we finally made it through a round and it was really fun. But I'm like kind of suspicious that maybe we didn't play it exactly right. I probably need to ask Merit because I know that she plays it all the time. So then Saturday we woke up and we took Stephanie and her husband to Foxtrot to check out the coffee and just like the place in general. And then we ended up grabbing brunch again at Lucky's Cafe. And Steph and I went to Target. Oh my God. Shut up, Siri. Steph and I went to Target to get some last minute items for the weekend and when her and I got back home because we had left the boys here after brunch they had just left to go to Home Depot so Zach could complete our outdoor lighting situation so Steph and I got to work on decorating for our gathering and that involved setting the table with some really cute stuff that I got from Target and then we also made my vegan green goddess dip that's on my blog under cooking and dips and it's so fucking good you guys every single time that I bring this dip to a party or make it for something people lose their fucking minds so I cannot recommend it enough and then at the very last minute like literally when we had pretty much exactly two hours until people were going to show up I decided that I really wanted to make jello shots and I knew that it wasn't going to be that kind of a quote-unquote party because it's like it wasn't a party it was just like all of our best friends hanging out but I made these jello shots back in March for St. Patrick's Day and I make them with whipped cream flavored vodka instead of regular vodka and they just are so fucking good and everyone always is obsessed with them so 
right before Zach got home from his errands, I had him stop and get green and red jello mix and whipped those together really fast. And I'm glad that I did because they definitely were a hit, um, even though we had some leftovers. So also um, to make things easy and fun on Saturday, we had gone back and forth talking about like what the menu should be. And finally, I threw out that maybe it should just be like a make your own pizza situation because I have this pizza dough recipe that my sister gave to me and Zach and I have used it ever since. And it just creates the best homemade pizza dough. And so once we decided that was going to kind of be our plan for Saturday, I made six balls of dough throughout the week it was a lot of work and, you know, packed them all up, put them in the freezer. And then come Saturday, I took them out to get room temperature. And so when everyone came over on Saturday night, we had the pizza dough ready to go. I had done um, a homemade pizza sauce and then picked up a bunch of toppings so each couple could build their own pizza. And it was such a fun evening. Everyone had a blast. The pizza was all eaten. The dip was all eaten. Um, we had plenty of drinks. And our last guest left at 12.30. And everyone had come over at 6.30. So needless to say, we had just the best time. It was just the best fucking night. I'm so happy Steph was in town. I just, I'm very fortunate for my best friends. And it's never lost on me, not even for a day. And the fact that everyone stayed so fucking late just proves to me that we all needed Saturday night more than we more than we thought we did. So Sunday, Steph and I were both pretty hungover um, and we had to be up early to get ready and head back up north, but even more north than Plano for Whitney's baby shower. And Kelly, one of our other besties who had been over the night before, was hosting at her house. And just kudos to Kelly, man. She just made it so special. The decor was so cute. She had a legit catering company come out and create this stunning spread of finger foods. It was so beautiful. I'll definitely share it in the visual guides. And just so many people showed up for Whitney. Like it was amazing. And Merritt was there too. And it was so good to see her since she's been gone for forever. Actually, by the time you listen to this, we will have had dinner together Wednesday night of this week. So, hey, Merritt. Um, anyway, the shower was lovely and Whitney got so much cute stuff and so much like functional stuff she needs. And once we said our goodbyes, I dropped my mom off at home and headed back to our house and finally was able to just collapse. Like I was dead to the world by the end of the weekend, especially because I'd been powering through that kind of cold, but also like not a cold. I was just so exhausted. And we completely vegged out and watched several things on Sunday night and ordered double cheeseburgers from Shake Shack for dinner. Um, and it was fucking glorious. Okay, now let's quickly review what I've been listening, watching, and reading so we can get to Ellen, the reason that you're here. So I mentioned we watched some things on Sunday and we did. So we watched the Lindsay Lohan Netflix movie, Falling for Christmas, with that one dude from Glee. I don't even remember what his name was on the show, but he's blonde. And it was fine. I mean, it was like a Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movie on crack and starring Lindsay Lohan, you know? So it was super fucking cheesy, but super easy to watch. And I would say mildly entertaining if 
for nothing more than the Mean Girls nod they included when Lindsay's character sings Jingle Bell Rock in a scene. I loved that so much. It didn't make me feel super fucking old. Yes, but um, it made me so happy. And Lindsay looks great, except for the fact that she legitimately cannot move her forehead. Like there was zero expression up there the entire duration of the movie and it made me pretty fucking uncomfortable but in general if you're looking for you know something easy and whatever to kind of put on in the background that's like in the Christmas spirit it's very cute we also started Wednesday on Netflix and got about halfway through maybe more um, between Sunday and Monday night so it stars Jenna Ortega from Jane the Virgin and you And she plays Wednesday Addams from the infamous Addams Family series. And she is incredible. She is only 20. She's the tiniest human. Literally, she's 5'1". But she is such a force and was the perfect casting for this role. You know, she was already impressive in the aforementioned shows. And now that she has the leading role, it's just like very apparent that this is what she was made for we both love it it's super fun really engaging and the premise is basically that Wednesday is sent to a boarding school for gifted slash different students because she obviously can't function in normal schools and keeps like trying to murder normal the normies as they call them in the show and because she has such an affinity for death and murder and crime and dark things she finds herself trying to solve a big mystery with the help of her fellow students and they've done such a wonderful job building the story and keeping you interested with just a touch of teen drama and feelings and emotions and oh her roommate is hilarious and plays the perfect opposite to her it's just it's really good we are loving it and I cannot wait to finish and find out what the fuck is going on so as for what i'm listening to i've started a new to me podcast called special place in hell that um, the hosts are a self-hating millennial activist and an aging gen x author both of them are women who discuss current issues from all sides that will probably rouse some feelings good and bad I just find it to be really interesting and I like their chatter. Definitely not everyone's cup of tea, but maybe you want to check it out. I also started listening to another one called The Alarmist, which is hosted by a female comedian who chooses a major humanitarian catastrophe to break down every week and decide who's to blame. And it's very entertaining. And she always has a fellow comedian or like funny person in her life on to help her come to a conclusion. There are lots of laughs along the way, but also it's like pretty educational because you're learning about these really horrible incidents that have happened over the span of our time on earth. And for what I'm reading, I'm going so strong on my 100 pages a week reading goal, you guys. And I am so excited, very proud of myself. I am nearing the end of the last book of the Akatar series. And once I'm done with it, I haven't decided what I'll pick up next, but obviously I will keep you guys posted. Okay, it is finally time for a whole lot of Ellen. You guys sent in some great questions last week to ask her and she delivers and then some. So get ready to hear all about me as a kid, Allie as a kid, Ellen's own childhood, her advice on lasting marriages, her skincare routine, and a shitload more. I hope you guys enjoy. And as a Christmas present to me, don't forget to give 
That's what he said. A five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. And even leave me a written review. It would be the greatest gift to find under my proverbial Christmas tree this year. Okay, I will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the show. Ellen. Hi. Hi, Emma. Welcome back. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. It, it's been so long. Yeah, it really has. Are you... That's on you. <laughs> it is and it isn't. Whoop, whoop. Um, I wanted to have you on before the end of the year because everyone loves Ellen and I felt it was due time that you... You make an appearance on That's What He Said. So I'm currently over at Ellen's home. Really, it's my parents' home. I don't know why I always just say my mom's. It's mine. <laughs> um, and we finally fi- figured out the great dress debate. And there was no contest. And I knew right away. And it is settled. It is settled. Um, I'm still not going to reveal which one I went with because, once again, I do like to make other people's events about myself. So I will reveal it next weekend. By the time you guys listen to this, you'll probably know which one I went with. You are so my daughter. I know. So for this episode, we are continuing the theme, I guess, that I've been on with people sending or listeners sending in questions to ask. But this time... Ellen gets all the questions, and I just get to sit here and play interviewer, which I'm very excited about. So let's just go ahead and dive in, because people send in a lot of things for you to answer. I hope I have some good responses. You will. You will. I'll try. Okay, so I love this. This is a really fun way to kick it off. So what is Ellen's idea of a perfect day from, like, the moment you wake up until you go to sleep? Sleeping past 11. Staying in my pajamas all day, sitting at my computer for most of the day, having takeout brought in for dinner, watching TV, and then getting back in bed around one o'clock in the morning, reading a book, and falling asleep. Oh my God, really? Yes. I thought you were going to be so much more involved than that. Like, I thought that was involved. No, I thought that like you were going to say, I'm a lazy fuck. I mean, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I thought that you were going to at least say that, like, you want to get dressed up and, like, go to a good dinner and have a good drink. But that's, I love that, like, your first instinct. That's a lot of work. (laughs) Now, I enjoy that. But, you know, back in the day, I would have said, oh, I want to go shopping and I'm going to wear this and here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to run errands. Right. But I don't want to do that anymore. I mean, that's like, I do it, but I don't do it happily all the time like I used to. I just think I've run out of some steam. That's fair. I mean, I can gear up if I need to. Don't. Don't doubt that. Yes. But I just don't want to do it like I used to do it. Like I was always, blah, 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 gotta go here, gotta do there. Blah, 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 blah. Right. I can't do it anymore. I love that. I think so many people listening are going to really appreciate that answer. I've earned that 11 o'clock awake time. That's how I feel about it. You have. Thank you have. You. Okay, so next question is, does Ellen collect anything? Dust. Mama. No, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> I do. I collect blue and white pottery, but these are things I collected in the past. I'm past, I have moved on from my collecting days. Oh, wow. Only because when- Not with your Christmas trees? Well, I think I have to, even my- We'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to that. You know, when you're younger and you're still both earning a living or you're a stay-at-home mom and your husband's still earning a living and money isn't quite an object that you always have to worry about- I think you're more inclined to go out and purchase things and do yeah. your collections. And now I'm like, I'm in an age where why would I collect things now? My children have already told me they're not going to take any of my collections. So I, <laughs> I am looking. I will take volunteers if you want to contact Emma via DM. 
Oh, wow. Look I, at you. I, well, I'm sort of kidding. But honestly, there's some things they don't want to take. And I'm like, yeah, you're you're taking them. I can't believe they won't take them. It what, just, I, like what? My blue and white pottery. I just don't care. It's, Give it to Kate. No, no. I want, I, no, you're my children and you should care. That's how I feel. <laughs> what else well, did collect, you collect? Let me think. What else have I collected? You collect lipsticks? Uh, lipsticks, sweaters. I love sweaters. Oh, my God. I've but not always, just any sweater. You love no. cardigans. Cardigans. And I've always I've always worn a cardigan. It doesn't matter what I have on. I've always been like that from, you know, the time I was dating my husband. Wow. Um, let me think. What else I think I, I own, like, two cardigans. Oh, really? Yeah. I it's just, just not a thing for me. I love sweaters. I know. I like to cover up. It's true. Uh, ju- oh, earrings. I love earrings. Okay. An ear bob, as I like to call it. Yes. And a lippy. Yes. And I think those are like the that's main really, things. That's really it. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Halloween items. I love Halloween. Oh, yeah. Halloween is her favorite. Oh, that's my favorite. That's like Christmas in my house. <sighs> and even though nobody's here anymore but my husband and me I still go around and pretend like I've seen it for the first time and go oh look at this is that the cutest thing you've ever seen <laughs> see that's the thing it's like I mean I would say also you collect holiday decor because Ellen since I was old enough to understand what was going on in my life she goes all out with holiday decor but not like over the top like you know, corny, tchotchke-ish. Something on every surface. I'm not like that. Right. Um, but like what she does put out, it's always very tasteful. There's always like a rhyme and reason for the little uh, vignettes yes. she creates around the house. I refer to them as tableaus. Oh, yeah. Tableaus. <laughs> so I feel like Allie and I will fight tooth and nail for your holiday decor. That will make me happy. But if you don't take those dishes, I will toss <laughs> them towards your head and you will have to grab them before they break. <laughs> Okay, next question. What is a funny slash frustrating thing Emma did as a teenager? Oh my God, as a teenager. I was the worst. I wasn't the worst, but I was a, I was a bitch to you. I was. I don't remember feeling that way. Are you joking? No. Mama, my nickname for, for, from you was... Bitch face? No, no, no. Was, <laughs> was indignant. Well... That's, That's the only word you ever used okay. to describe me is like, you're so indignant. Well, Emma, you, you have a mental indignancy. Like, you mentally are stamping your foot when you don't agree with what. Even now. Yeah. If you don't agree with me, I'm going, oh, she's being indignant. Like, in my head. What does that even mean? It's just, it's kind of like when you throw your shoulders and go, ugh. Like, oh, you just don't yeah. have time for it. You are not going there. Oh, feeling or showing anger or annoyance at yeah, what is perceived as it. unfair treatment. Yes, annoyance <laughs> is better than anger. That's what you, you were always annoyed. You're, sti- <laughs> you're still like that. You're like, okay, yeah, I've got to right. go make dinner now. That's how you cut me off. And then I'm going, oh, she's being indignant. Oh, shit. So the only episode I can think is when we went out to dinner with our friends. Oh, my God. Okay. And they were going on and on about what wonderful children we had. And were you were in were you in high school? Was that oh, the yeah, question? Oh yeah, I was like seventeen. Okay, 
and it's probably senior year and how we you know they just followed the rules and they were so gracious and they knew how to talk to adults and they would never do anything questionable and for some reason the dinner wrapped up early very and, and we were driving you were gone for like they, an hour and a half yeah they were parked at our house and we come in from the garage from, no from the front no it was the garage no it was the front because we were all right in the kitchen off the garage and someone oh okay came, yeah okay it was the front door and I, we come in and emma has like a crew of people over here, boys and girls, <laughs> and they're drinking beer, and there's... I shouldn't even be telling this story. No, I mean, tell it! It's Emma, amazing! I'm 35! Okay. And I... I mean, I, I lost my shit. I didn't know what to do. I started... I guess I started kind of yelling... Give me the, get your beer, collect all your beer, get out of my house. And I was yeah. so devastated because these people thought Emma was just so wonderful and would never do anything like that. And she had never done anything like that. Oh, wait a minute. Now I've got to segue into something else. <laughs> something what else. about that time that you had your friend come over? We're not going to mention names. Oh, yes. And you decided that, were there two other girls besides No, them? just the three there were of three us. three girls. Yeah. And they decided the... Emma and her friend were going to dye her other friend's hair in my house. Well, if you know me, you don't dye hair in my house. You don't make a mess in my bathrooms. You don't even take the risk. A drop of that could fall on on the rug. You don't even leave a piss. Piss? (laughs) You don't even leave a piece of lint on the on on a carpet because Ellen will spot it and be upset you didn't. Oh yeah, I'm a spotter, and I could not believe. I didn't know what they were doing. But like. So we did it like very secretly, furtively, and we did it, and we completed it, and her hair dried, and like we we didn't make a mess at all. And so the only reason that I even admitted to you that we did it was because I was like, oh, they're gonna be proud that like I got away with this and didn't make a mess. Like there's nothing to be upset about. No. Well, I was very wrong. Oh yeah, I just I was so upset. They, you know, she left the house probably in tears. I just went on and on. How dare you? You don't dye your hair in my house. Who do you think you are? What are you doing? I can't believe you did this. Do it in your own house. I mean, I was yeah. real, oh, it was awful. Yeah. Oh, here's another one. Oh my god. What? This will be my last. I one. love that at first you were like, mm, I can't really. Okay, wait. Emma had a boyfriend and. I let them go back in my husband's study with the door shut because I wanted to be like... A cool mom. Well, not cool, but I didn't want to... uh, What's the word? Well, I didn't want to make any conflict and treat her like she was a baby. And I thought if they go in there and they want to watch TV, I'm not going to keep checking on them. I'm going to trust them. Like you really had no idea that we would be like touching each other? No, none. No. And I just never should have shut that door. That's all I'm going to say. And how did I find out everything that went on? Because Emma told me. I mean, I didn't even, like, find out. She just wanted to talk about it. And so, (laughs) you know, I was her first audience to hear everything she was thinking. I just want you guys out there to know that. Yes, you were. She always shared. And in a way, that's good because that said that I was a safe spot and I wasn't going to try not to judge her or lose my shit. But. In another way, maybe she shouldn't have told me everything she did. I mean, did. I didn't tell you everything. I feel like I know a lot. Well, I mean, I would and say... I hope I find out a lot more. <laughs> I would say the older that I got and was farther away from those situations, I would tell you more. But I guess you're right because, like, I called you as soon as I lost my virginity in college. Yes. Like, I probably, like, rolled over and was like, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember Allie telling me, but I don't remember you telling me. Really? That's okay. okay. I mean, you know, I was young once too. 
You got to be realistic. Well, and speaking of you being young, when someone wrote in and asked, what was Ellen's childhood like? My childhood was, we played outside a lot. Yeah. It was safer back then. And our mom would send us out for the day. And of course, the, the summers weren't as warm as they are now. But you grew up in Dallas. Grew up in Dallas. But you were born in Chicago. Born in, I lived here since I was six years old. Okay. And wait, do you have any working memory of Chicago? I do. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Oh, I have this, the memory of going to uh, kindergarten. And back then they would have you buy oil cloth, which you can wipe off. It's like a real thin vinyl. You'd have to buy a certain length of it to do your either to do your art projects on or something. But that was one of the requirements uh, for kindergartners. And I would walk to school with my next door neighbor. I remember my kindergarten teacher. And when it rained, we had big trees on the block, and these real uh, furry worms would crawl down the trees. My hair is standing up right now. Oh, my God. I don't like worms. Oh, my God. No, no, they weren't worms. I'm sorry. They were caterpillars. Sorry. Catter? Caterpillars. Wow, you really pronounce the R. Am I not supposed to? No, I mean, I just always say caterpillar. You say caterpillars. Is there an R in it? Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. Oh, wow. Okay, honey. You know, live and learn. <laughs> Catcher pillar. Catcher pillars. Thank you. Okay. Okay. They would crawl down the trees no. and get on the sidewalk and some of them would croak because it was very wet and it was raining and it was beating down on them. But I remember particularly one morning, one of the neighborhood boys had tied a string from, from one tree to the other and the caterpillars were... My hair is standing up again. I I was so upset, Emma. They were crawling across the string. And my mother said, go outside and wait for blank. I know her name, but it it doesn't matter. She's not listening to this. Anyway, wait for your friend and you're going to walk to school. And she made me stand outside in the wet. I don't know why she wanted me to do that. And that girl took forever to get out. I worked myself up into such an anxiety attack. So you do come by it. Honestly. Honestly. (laughs) I got so upset, I started like hyperventilating and thought I was going to puke. Oh my God. And I ran. Because of the caterpillars? Yes, because of the caterpillars? Caterpillars. They were unhinging me and I ran in the house and I was crying and my mother's like, what is going on? She just did not expect to see me come back in. And I said, I think I'm going to throw up. I think I'm going to throw up. And we had a two-story house and I ran up the stairs. And back then, you always had to carry a handkerchief to school and I was like waving and going oh, I'm gonna throw up I remember that I was standing over the toilet waving my handkerchief how old were you kindergarten I still remember that because the caterpillars made such an impression on me oh my god I don't know if I ever got to school that day I blanked the rest of that out oh my god mama no that explains I was traumatized I that explains bugs. why Allie is such a freak about bugs She's oh. like she hates them I mean oh I don't love them but like I feel like there were a lot of those fuzzy caterpillars, just even saying it. I know. Fuzzy caterpillars in Connecticut. Do you see them anymore? I don't. No, but I... If I do, I'll be running in the other direction. Okay, so you grew up in Chicago. Yes. Well, I'm sorry, until you were six. So I had those memories. So let's go back to your childhood. So the summers weren't as hot back then in Dallas. Right, so we would just run around outside all day, and there was a little park down... That was part of our neighborhood. Where did you live in Dallas? Because I think locals will want to know. I lived off of Marsh and forests okay around that area okay area and um i went to william cabell elementary school okay that's the area if you all know it and we would just go into the park and everybody would play outside all day and our one of our big things was kick the can and (laughs) 
uh, we would play until dark. I mean, after we'd go back out after dinner, and our mothers would ye- you'd hear people yelling for their kids, <laughs> and of course we always ignored them because we wanted to stay out as long as we could. Yeah, and so that was that was good. And then you know, my mother was a bargain shopper, and so I could remember we had that's little- where you get it from. Yes, exactly. Wow, she'd take us to this neighborhood bargain place called Margie's, and we'd go almost every weekend and just walk around the store and look for things, just follow her lead, basically. And there was a... And Anne Anne Gaga was very strict. Oh, my mother was very strict. Like, in the summers, uh, she wanted us out of bed like we were going to school, even though we had nothing to do. This is before we even had, you know, any kind of volunteer job. And But when I was 13, I had to start volunteering until I could be employed. We, so she wanted us out of the house so she could do her thing. And... Uh, where was I going with that? How strict she was. Yeah, she was strict. She had a lot of rules. And she did not let us in the kitchen to cook. She did not want her kitchen messed up. So I didn't learn to cook until I moved out on my own. But that also is... That was me and Allie. Yeah. You I did know. the same thing to I us. Know I did. But you guys... You you guys are great cooks. Yeah. I think. Yeah. All right. And... Uh, all right, so I followed her lead on that. That wasn't so great. But you know what? I just didn't want to come behind you and clean everything up. And I know I would have had to do that and I'm sure that's how my mother felt too only she was more intense about germs and dirt I, like she vacuumed her garage I would oh, never do that oh I don't have the time no, she was really really into it and what else we we brought belonged to Brookhaven Country Club so we'd go there to swim okay and I thought and you were what? super super close with your younger sister you guys were buddies yes because my older, you're the middle child I'm the middle child and my, my older sister and I are just two years apart However, she lived at the back of the house where you would call it the maid's quarters, and we all lived on the other side of the house. I didn't know that. Yes. So she was very independent, and, you know, who knows what was going on back there. She was like cheerleader. Yeah, she had her own bathroom. She dated a lot, and she was popular, and... Um, and then there's you, you know, and your younger I think sister. It took, okay. I think it took a long time for me to blossom, and I would say I was emotionally immature. I was. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Take after me. And, you know, I came into my own later on. Yeah. Like, once I got to college, I really came into my own. But I was, I mean, up until 13, oh, my gosh, I was so gawky and awkward. It was it was awful. And my mom wouldn't let me shave my legs till I was 13. Oh. And I had very, I had very dark hair. Yeah. And hairy arms and hairy legs. And I swear it looked like a chimpanzee had died in the bathtub. <laughs> The first time I shaved my legs, and I'm not exaggerating, it was god-awful. Oh I couldn't my. even believe what I saw. Oh, my God. That, that made an impression on me. Wow. Yeah, and I can remember the summer, I guess when I was 13, I went into eighth grade, and I can remember that summer, I was so devastated by that hair, and uh, I would wear knee socks to cover it. Like, in the summer, who does that? Obviously, oh, everybody looked at me. You were so insecure. I was horribly insecure. It was awful. Ugh. All right, so those are the things that... I had a happy childhood, didn't I? <laughs> Honestly, it sounds like a pretty normal childhood to <laughs> okay. me. Okay. Okay, so, so I got a lot of questions for you about, like, marriage and long-lasting relationships and stuff like that. Like, someone said, secret to a happy marriage, and then someone asked key things to focus on to maintain a long-term relationship throughout the years. And there are several more like that. So I feel like we can kind of bucket your response to just like put it all in the same bucket, I guess. 
What's the question again? <laughs> Let's say that the question is, what are the things to focus on in a long-term relationship? Like, don't think about marriage. If you can, like, go back to, like, when you and daddy were dating, what were the things that you felt, like, really had to be there and that you needed to focus on to make sure you were, like, maintaining it? I can just say that I really looked forward to every time I saw him. There was always something... There was an anticipation and excitement of, I'm going to be with this person and we're going to be able to have a conversation and a flow and it won't be forced. It's just going to be like, I have so much, it always ends up that I had a lot to say and so did he, even though you think, oh, the next date, will it be like that? Yeah. So there was that easiness there and we were on the same wavelength. Right. That's very important. And uh, I feel like you can kind of call that like having good communication with each other. Yes, having good communication. Also, we had the same sense of humor. We still do. I think having humor in your relationship is so important. It has gotten us through a lot of stuff. Even the way we argue may sound very intense to people, but basically, I think by the end of it, we end up like laughing it off or going back over it and then start laughing about, oh, that was ridiculous. So that is really very key to me, the, the humor thing. And, you know, just respect each other. It's just, back then it was easier probably to date because you had to work at it. You had to work to get a hold of the person, to know if they were home. You had to call them first. You couldn't just go on your phone and say, hey, what, you know, like text them and say what's going on. Right. Because I, like I've said to you many times, if we had text back then, I, I probably would have been institutionalized because I read so much into every little thing even now like what did they mean by that yeah and I you know it's you know because you can't hear a person's tone no and that's exactly I'm surprised I wasn't institutionalized <laughs> I'm serious yeah because I'm very reactive like you are and I would have just I don't think that would have been healthy for right. me I don't know what else to say to people to guide them I just think to communicate, to feel like you are you and you're not, I mean, of course you cannot be yourself right out of the gate. Everybody's kind of on their best behavior, etc. But just feeling comfortable and respected and being able to communicate and not worrying when you are apart. Oh, how did that go? Did I do the wrong thing? Did I say the wrong thing? Is he going to call me? Just having that reassurance. That like you're both in it. Yeah, that you're both in it. Yeah. So speaking of that, so you mentioned having the anticipation and like being excited to see them. And I feel like that definitely is that is more intense when you're just dating, obviously. Um, But then you also talked about being comfortable. So I had someone send in a question and like, I'm going to add to this because I know this person and I know what she struggles with. So I'm just going to tell you her background is she's 37. She is single. She hasn't, Like she dates, but I think she's getting really tripped up and very in her own head in terms of like, okay, but if I'm not like obsessed with them, then like maybe this isn't the right thing. Like she has this kind of focus on like wanting and needing to feel that obsession for it to actually be a valid thing like she wants to follow through with. So she wrote in and said, what does healthy passion feel and look like like what's a reasonable level of that in the person that you want to marry I think that she's wanting to know does she need to feel like obsessed and just like oh my god all the time about them 
throughout their entire relationship up until the point where like they get married and beyond? Or what does a healthy leveled out version of that look and feel like? Well, you could probably answer that better than me. I have. I've talked to her about it, but I think like it would help her to hear from someone who's been married for 40 years. I just want to say this. You definitely have to be sexually attracted to somebody, but that can't be the driving force that keeps you together, that level of passion. I'm just going to tell you guys this. I dated a lot of different guys. Uh, I was, I got married when I was almost 29. I just didn't find my, my person until later on. And both of my sisters got married like at 21 and 23. Yeah. And 29, back when you got married, was, was considered, old, it was like older. 35 today. Yeah, it was older. Yeah. Okay. And at a point, I was just so frustrated because I couldn't meet the one. And my mom said to me, Ellen, quit looking for that sexual attraction and try, and try to find some other things with the guys you go out with that are, that are commonality. And I did try that, but that doesn't work. Mm. If you aren't attracted to somebody physically, it doesn't, to me anyway, it just didn't work for me. Okay, and then I met your dad and blah, blah, blah. But I did anticipate seeing him, and I was excited about things, like you said, but I don't think it was hyped up after a certain point, like when we were more comfortable with each other, we knew that we had declared our love for each other, it kind of, it simmered down, but I want to tell you, I still, I still feel like that when he comes home, like from what he's doing, sometimes I'll be in the house going, oh, I'm so glad I'm going to get to see him in a few minutes, I still feel that way, it's not like, but it's there, because I still have that anticipation, so I can't tell this woman that you have to find other things to look at. She has to be attracted to him. And then she has to look beyond that attraction and be comfortable with the person and have, like, be anticipating being with him. Right. But but not in the intensity of, oh, my God, I cannot. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, it's not like It can't be that sort of thing. Right. Like, especially as you, like, get into the relationship, you're not sitting around, like, it's not like no. it is at the beginning when you're right. obsessing and lusting and like so excited. When you settle into it, it's like you could go the whole day without thinking about them more than like one time. But when you're going to see them, you're still so excited about it. Like it, it's not this like heightened level of, of obsession every day. That's not realistic. No, that is not realistic. It's just a kind of a internal comfort that you know that you two are in a relationship there's not a question about it and you'll be with each other at a certain point and then when you know that's approaching you may be like oh I'm so glad I'm gonna get to see him tonight and you feel upbeat about it and happy but it isn't like this constant it doesn't overtake you and you have to be revved up physically mentally and emotionally all the time like every like that is not not one person should do that for you nor can they they can't and so I think it's Also, you have to be careful about, like, I'm not sure if it's necessarily healthy in relationships where, like, someone puts the other one on a pedestal, like, they can do no wrong, they are the end-all, be-all, oh my god, nothing will ever be as great as them, like, I also don't think that that's realistic, like. I agree with you, so. If you were put in that position and somebody kept saying that to you and, you know, I think it'd become cloying and you'd be like, stop, I can't live up to that, And, and why do you keep saying that, I think. That's just how I would react. I don't know how somebody else would. Yeah. Of course, you want to be idolized, but not that intensely. (laughs) Right. Right. 
So I don't know. I hope that that helps. Uh, it probably doesn't. I, I don't know how to answer that and make her feel what I'm trying to say. I don't know if I was articulate enough about it, but you were. So. Well, I read this article very recently and I actually shared it and it was all about, it was like this woman said, I'm 38 single and terrified that I just am not looking for the right things in a partner. And I, I shared it and this, this woman responded to it because, and I Mm -hmm. had a feeling that she would, because I knew that it's speaking directly to her, but it's literally like, it gets to a point in a long-term relationship where it's not so much about like, oh, I want to fuck them every second. And it's more like they are the person that shows up time and time again. They are there. They have your back. You have their back. That's, and you're into them. Right. You're into them in a comfortable way where you know that you don't have to worry about it because you both have that understanding. Right. That's what I would say. That and, pla- and you also have to make room for the days when you're like, I'm annoyed by them today. Oh, I mean, there's times what I've, I've said this before on here. There's times I don't like my husband at all. And I just think, what the fuck? Why did I even bother? Do this. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and that's I mean, normal, too. That's very normal. And then you come back around and you fall back in love. and Or you just, you know, put that aside because it was just a momentary fleeting thought. The other thing is, now that you mentioned that article... Has this lady sat down and, and actually put on paper and given thought to what she is looking for in a relationship? Like this 38-year-old that wrote the paper yeah. is talking to your 37-year-old friend. I mean, it, it addresses what she's articulating to you. So has she wrote down what she's really looking for and then gone after the person that seems to exhibit those qualities? Right. right. Along with being physically attracted to them. Like she has to really think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, let me just say this. I I would not want to have to date again. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's horrifying. It is. It's just a miracle that two people end up together. It really is. That's how I feel. Like it's kind of mind blowing. It is. So the next question is, when did Ellen know she was ready to start having children? I wanted to have children as soon as we got married. Yeah. And that's because, like I said, I turned 29 just a few, like no, a couple months after we got married. My husband wasn't ready. And he, he was two years younger. He was two years younger than me. And we waited five years. I just, every time I think, I don't, where did they go? That I, and why did I say, okay. Well, we were living in New York and, you know, that newly married, New York in the 80s. I mean, come on. We were just enjoying life. Yeah. So it didn't seem, even though it was five years it just didn't seem like it was five years you know went by in a flash right okay but I could have had one right a child right away I don't know if I would have been as emotionally mature as I should have been yeah I'd done that but it the timing worked out the way it was supposed to yeah someone asked for you did you get more certain of yourself and decisions at a certain age if so when (laughs) when did you finally become sure of yourself I feel like I've always, I've, I've never vacillated when I make a decision. If it feels right to me, I react physically. If my gut tells me this isn't right, I will get nervous, I will get anxious, I will have a physical reaction. If I feel right about something, I'm just straight ahead. That's yeah. it. I think I've always been like that. But you also have anxiety. Well, I do have anxiety, but that's what's so weird. It's like I'm a walking dichotomy. Mm. Look that word up. Okay. 
I do have anxiety, but yet when I, when I, like I said, when I'm very sure about something, I just, that's it. And I don't, I don't look back. If I'm starting to look back, then I made the wrong decision. And if I can correct it, I will. Okay. Whatever it might be, something major or something as minor as I bought the wrong color lipstick. Start the car. (laughs) We're going to the mall. Yes. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) But, but to try and be more specific to this girl's question, do you remember a certain age or like decade or something where you were like more than ever I know myself and I'm not going to cater to other people I I'm telling you (laughs) I probably when I got in high school that's when I was I was just who I was and that's who I was gonna be wow okay I don't think that's very helpful but well I mean that's an age high school's what 15 16 17 18 something like that yeah but, you know, what I'm trying to tell her is she wants to know if she should, what, right now, be able to make a decision? Like, I think she just sounds like she's not very sure of herself and of her okay. decisions. And she is wondering, that will that ever click into place for me? Well, I've always, I've always been pretty sure of myself, even though I... I'm not always sure of myself. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? You say? are like, a dichotomy. I am a dichotomy. Like, I really do feel like I just have always expressed what I was thinking and put it out there like you do. Maybe not as much as you do. Definitely not as much as you Mama, do. Mama, but Definitely. If, you, if you were... But I, when I made a decision, I just... I didn't... I've always been able to make a decision. Yeah. I, I just have. I love it. I think that's amazing. Someone asked, what are her thoughts on the pressures of moms today to make holidays magical? I think moms of any day would want to make them magical if they're into holidays, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if she's saying you have to go way over the top to I make feel like magical. that's what she thinks. No, I mean, I always said when I had kids, we lived in a cold climate for the first 10 years of their lives. And I was like, every time they come home from school, it's the winter there's going to be cookies baking. I'm going to be that mom because I want them to have those memories. And I think you remember that, right, Emma? And I always wanted to permeate the house with that sort of, oh, we're, soup's in the pot. We're going to have cookies. That ha- That's how I operated. And I love holidays. I, like Emma said, I didn't go crazy with decorating, but I have every holiday in my house represented. You know, St. Patrick's Day, I'd buy stuff. Valentine's, I'd put stuff out. I'd always do something with the kids. I mean, one time for Easter it was raining and gross and I just hid eggs all over the house behind doors and you know in the beds under their pillow and stuff and we went on an Easter egg hunt in the house I always had something going and but it was never like over the top no it was like, never over the top like a big party or extravagant right. gifts or any of that let me just that. give you an example this morning my older daughter brought her kids out into the den and she had decorated overnight with some Christmas stuff and she had a Christmas a dancing Christmas a tree. dancing Christmas tree stuffed Christmas tree doing the Christmas tree rock around yeah what was it? jingle jingle bells no it doesn't matter it's a happy holiday I think that's Jingle Bell Rock. It was Jingle Bell Okay. Rock. Okay. That was enough. I mean, that they were so excited and delighted by that. And just the smiles on their faces and they were dancing. And that would have been plenty if she hadn't done anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. This girl wrote in and said, um, 
We live in Tennessee, halfway in between both families. We have a kid. He says he loves my family, but he can't live in Mississippi. His family is a dysfunctional mess, and my mother-in-law is not the easiest person to get along with. Plus, we both hate the weather in PA? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Is Tennessee between Mississippi and Pennsylvania? Do you think I remember my name? Yeah, I know. Okay. Come on, Um, on, girl. Wait, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And she said, uh, sorry for blowing you up, but needed to add one more piece of context in case... You choose to ask Ellen, which I am. We did discuss where we lived before marriage and always said we would, we never saw ourselves living in each other's hometowns. But after our baby, our viewpoints have changed. I hope insight... I hope Ellen... God, I can't read. I hope Ellen can help shed some insight for us. I don't understand what the question is. The question is, to make it really short, husband is from Pennsylvania I'm from Mississippi. I want to move near my family. He wants to be near his. Help. Okay. Since you both don't want to live in each other's respective original states or hometowns, but you want to have somebody involved in helping you with your child, and it sounds like maybe you'll have another one. I don't know why it sounds like that. I just think you're going to. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, you better have a sibling for that child if you can you're gonna have to find a place between mississippi and pennsylvania Pennsylvania. they're in tennessee right now. oh they're in tennessee okay uh well if you don't like tennessee and your family functions better and your husband knows and recognizes that doesn't mean you have to move right on top of them but say you moved closer to them I don't know what the next state over is. Like Louisiana. Okay. Somewhere Alabama. that it would be easy to drive for you or your family to give you the help that you need. Yeah. And to be connected to them because it's nice to be able to share all these things with your family as your children are growing up. Right. Allie, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to bring her up. All right. Yeah, girl. I mean, I agree with Ellen. Like, that's that's really hard like you said that you guys talked about this before you got married Mm -hmm. but everything kind of changed once you have a baby of course because like you want to have a support system and it's nice when that support system is your family yes and they're close by to help you out yeah I can't tell you how many times I could have helped Allie out if she lived near me even if she lived in Austin I it would be okay right she's in the same state but at least she's close enough to get to her pretty quickly right but I agree with Ellen. I think especially if your husband is very aware that his family is super dysfunctional and maybe not like the healthiest to have your kid around, it sounds like you guys are going to need to compromise more toward what where your family is for sure. What is your most infuriating memory of me and Allie from childhood? Oh, another one of those. Like, oh my God. <laughs> People want to know. It's, oh, it can be separate. It doesn't have to happen at the same time. I don't know why I took that so literally. Yeah, I know. Literally. 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 Well, Emma would, uh, she was one of those kids that if she didn't like what was going on and she decided that she was going to pitch a fit, she'd stiffen her body. And That's what Jack does. It's so annoying. <laughs> oh, 
Like you just get real, you can't even pick them up. They're like a dead weight and they just are whining and crying and they're stiff as a board and there's just no coping with them and everybody's looking at you. Also, one time we got on an airplane and I wanted Emma to sit down and she wouldn't. So I gently grabbed her elbow. I didn't even grab. I was guiding her and she shook me off and yelled as loud as she could, get your hands off me. You're hurting me. Oh my That's God. How I, I also like <laughs> packed my bag to run away a lot. Oh, I did that too. But you know what? Back in my day, <laughs> my si- I don't know if my sisters will remember this. They'll say I'm making it up, but I'm not. We'd get a stick and a bandana yes. and tie it on like a hobo. Yes. Like a hobo, like where we're going to go catch a train out yes. in a field. Oh my God. <laughs> and there was nothing in the bandana. I can't even imagine what my mother would have let us put in there because she didn't let us touch much it's stuff. It's probably random stupid shit. Oh my God, I'm sure it was horrible. Oh, that's like when my older sister was babysitting and my mother went to do an errand, my mother would say, fix, fix your sister's lunch. And Janice would always say to me, uh, what do you want? I'd go, peanut butter sandwich. Make it yourself. <laughs> that's what she'd always, every time, oh like Lioness God. and Lucy, every oh time. Oh, my God. <laughs> what about Allie? Did she okay, do bad stuff? Of I course, mean, Allie did bad stuff. We know Lucy. I was the, the drama. Oh, my God. The drama. Okay, so that was like a general question about what you all did to frustrate you. Yes. It wasn't just an incident. Yes. I just, I threw all those in there. I love it. I can't believe anybody wants to listen to me talk, but I'll keep going. Oh, I'm sure that they're eating it up. I don't know about that, Emma. It could get very boring. No! Okay, let's see. Um, oh, I'll tell you what Allie did. Oh, thank God. She was told that she had to set the table every night for dinner. They all had, they had chores. And inevitably, she would take a nap, <gasps> even though, you know, she was a kid. This like, is the... What she still changed. no she still Nothing's does the changed. same thing she would oh. say oh I every time I was like oh I just fell asleep for a few minutes mama and I would not I was like I got over over it I was not going to go to the stairs and call her down to do it anymore and almost every night we, I would end up setting the table or Emma would end up setting the table because Allie would disappear in her bedroom yeah. literally and she still does that when she comes she to, just did it I, when she comes to visit she, she just did it over Thanksgiving I know she just well when she gets here she reverts. Yeah, she you're reversed. so right. Even I, with her own kids. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just going to lay down. I, I'll be there in time to help you, Mama. No, that doesn't happen. Oh, my God. <laughs> Allie is the ultimate nap taker. And yes, oh, my God, she's been like that her entire life. She has. Wow. Wow. Okay. Someone said that they're feeling directionless career-wise at 30 years old and asked for any advice you may have for them. That's not my arena. I I mean, I guess just common sense-wise, you'd say if you're not happy in what you're doing, what did you go to school to study? What did you picture set yourself doing by now? And how can you switch things up and you'd have to make a mental or physical list of what it is you want and how you're going to get it? Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say to that. Yeah. Pay attention to what turns you on, like intellectually, and go toward that. But be realistic. But be realistic. We have a few more questions left. This is a fun one. How does Ellen indulge and feel bougie? Define bougie. Bougie is like I mean, I know fancy. The word. Like rich, fancy, you know, just feeling yourself. 
Well, I'm not a spa person. I don't indulge that way. Sure, you don't. I've never. Don't touch me, okay? I don't want to be. T- <laughs> I don't want to be touched, unless I give you permission to. Um, how do I feel bougie? I guess putting on my makeup and my lipstick and, and my jewelry and just pulling my whole outfit together if I'm gonna go out for the evening or even to you know maybe go shopping or meet somebody for lunch that's I mean that's that's it yeah okay that's fine all right I love that that doesn't sound very bougie does it It just sounds like a normal normal person getting dressed (laughs) no she asked me the same thing this this listener she asked me the same thing for my like questions thing the other week and I pretty much said the same I was like besides you know, buying myself something really nice. Like I've bought a few nice things for myself this year. It's getting like done up to go out to dinner with Zach and, you know, oh, we get like oysters for an appetizer. I'm like, we get a bottle of wine, not just a glass. Like just, you know, it's simple. Yes, it is. Okay. People want to know about your skincare routine because your skin is amazing. And I mentioned this on the last podcast because someone asked about my skincare routine and I said, it's very simple and I got that from my mom and I just have really good genes and that you instill the importance of basically like washing and moisturizing your face every day from a very young age. So, but you go ahead and tell them, what well, do you do? What's your skincare routine? First of all, Anna and I have very sensitive skin. So Yours is more than mine. We're limited in the products we can use, and it's been a lot of, uh, you know... Uh, trial and error. Trial and error, thank you. I was going to say experimentation, but trial and errors, it'll work. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I don't know if you want to know the name of the products yes. I use. Yes, yes, they right. do. I don't know if any of these will work for you. Um, I wash my face with a line called Derma E. Mm-hmm. So, that's the word Derma and the capital letter E. You can get some of the line. They have a lot of different things in the line, but I use the sensitive skincare line. They have regular lines also, and you can get them at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. They have some at Ulta. Did you know they have yeah. them at Ulta? Yeah. But the, the, they even have some in Target now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, the sensitive skin, you have to order from their site. Yes. They're always running specials. Sometimes you'll get like a free little makeup kit with different samples in it or an eye. Sleep, eye mask. Eye mask. Yeah. Like sleep, sleep mask. Yeah. And I'm saying that because that's the one I just got over Black Friday. So I wash my face with their sensitive skin pump face wash, which does not uh, foam up. Yeah. So it's more like a a lotion Mm -hmm. that you put all over your face. And then I add in the tiniest bit of water. It still won't foam, but, you know, I get it all over my face and kind of, go in circular motions to take off my makeup and it takes off my eye makeup too. Do you, do you have a certain amount of time that you wash your face? I'll tell you this. I, I wash it till I feel all my eye makeup's off because I've already probably gotten off my foundation before I'll get eye makeup because some of my eye makeup is supposed to be waterproof. Right. But, you know, so I have to go at it a little harder. And I, I say, I'm going to tell you how many pumps to use because I had somebody buy it and they were like, it's not working. I said, you need to do two and a half to three pumps. And they're like, how did you know that? And I said, because I experimented and they're not going to get away with me buying this and it not working. Okay, <laughs> so that's how many you need. And then a long time ago, I used to use this makeup line when I lived in New York City called Janet Sarton. 
and she had her own boutique like up on Madison Avenue and I went over there for a consultation and basically she wanted you to rinse your face 15 times so that's become my routine like I'm counting as oh I'm my splashing my God. face yeah so that's how I get all the soap off 15 15 times Oh my God. It just, it stuck with me because I've been doing it since the 80s. That's Do you ever, ever, ever like pat your face with a towel once you've washed it and there's even like a little bit of makeup? Yes. I mean, I think that happens every, more along the jawline, yes. I would say. That's always like, yes. I will, I will wash thoroughly and like splash, like rinse it all off. And it's like always right on my forehead and my hairline and then jaw. Like no matter what I do. That's why I use the, uh, what's that clear stuff we both use? Not Garnier. It's the. Oh, uh, micellar water. I don't know how to say it. I use that on, is it micellar? I don't know. I don't either. Okay. Micellar. It's micellar water. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Okay. Um, I use it on a round cotton. What's a, what are those called? Cotton pad. No, but there's a name. There's a special brand I use. I can't think oh, what it's I don't called. Know. All right. Anyway, I use that, and you can kind of go up on your neck yeah. around your after you've washed it and get it off. Do you just like so? Do you wash your towels all the time? Well, I change my towel twice a week. Okay. Now they say you should do it more often. Oh my god! But I change it twice a week. Oh wow! I That's just me. I'm. Rip- I mean, I change my pillowcase twice a week too because you're sleeping yeah. on it and your hair isn't always clean, and I'm like I'm. I'm real finicky about that kind of stuff. And I flip my pillow over every night. Like if I slept on one side, tomorrow night it's going to be on the other side. That's how I do it. Okay. All right. This all plays into skincare. Yeah. And then I use their their moisturizer, but I don't think it's, it's not their night moisturizer. It's just their daily moisturizer. For sensitive skin. For sensitive skin. And I also use, well, before I do that, pat your face dry. I use a serum by Intraceuticals. And it's a gel serum. I'm trying. I'm trying to picture the name at the bottom of the container. Um, well, I can go back and add it in. Okay. To the show notes. I know it begins with an R. It's their Rejuvenate. That's mm. what it is. Rejuvenate gel serum, and it's really cool because you twist open this canister. You pump it out. One pump is probably plenty for your whole face. I let that sort of dry down. Just like with your hands. Yeah, just pat it in with my hands let it dry, then I put my moisturizer on top of it, and then I'm good to go with my foundation. And I go between two foundations. I have to use Clinique, super balanced, no SPF. SPF breaks me out, any kind. It doesn't matter. So I don't use sunscreen, but I do wear sunglasses every time I'm in the car, if that makes any difference. I I think it has, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I have a few, you know, pale spots on my face, but, you know, I'm not young anymore, and I guess you have to expect that. So... I use either the Clinique Super Balanced or I use Giorgio Armani Luminous uh, Glow, oil, baby. Yeah, Luminous Glow oil free makeup. It's and the I fucking just, best. I go between the two. And that's really it. I know. Oh, wait. I have an under eye cream. Let me tell you. I oh, have two creams. Okay. Okay. Every night, I mean, I have been putting on under eye cream since I was probably in my 20s. Wow. And I use this eye cream by Clientele. Mm-hmm. And. You have to send for it. They're based in Florida. Mm-hmm. And it's um, Lotus, I think is the name of it, Lotus Eye Cream. And the jar is $50, but you can look for a coupon and get $10 off. And it's got like a deep, plummy purple label on it. And I think it has a little lotus flower on there. And I, I love it. And I've used it forever. And that sinks right in. And then during, during the day, when I put on my under eye concealer... I top it with 
a very small pump of La Roche Pussy. I like to say La Roche Pussy. Oh, well, of course you would. Uh, I didn't know you used this. Yes, Tolerane eye cream. And the reason I use this is because I can have all my foundation on and just the tiniest little pump. I'm going to show Anna. I'm illustrating, demonstrating. That's I don't I don't push okay. the pump down all the way and just the tiniest bit on top of your foundation. I don't have any on. And then before it dries down, I put on my, you know, I tap my concealer on there cuz it's a doe foot concealer. And then I take my brush, my concealer brush and I cuz it's more it moisturizes the concealer even more for spread oh. it, so you can spread it. But what it doesn't do is you'll see it doesn't when you tap it on with your finger, it tap all of the cream all the way under your eye, then you put on your concealer, and you look at your finger, there won't be any makeup on it. It doesn't lift your foundation off, and a lot of them do if you put it on. So I, I just love it. And this bottle has been going for a long time. God, maybe I should get it. I think you should. I think they sell it. I love t- La Roche Pussy. Oh, you do? Yes. What do you use by them? Um, You know what? Uh, what? The only thing I use by them is this. You just like saying La Roche Pussy. I do. Um, <laughs> is this a exfoliating face wash that I use like every now and again but yeah. i just it's very gentle i love the smell this is a good and i line. know that they're yeah for i just know they're a good line this is a good line for sensitive skin and i think also maybe they just don't they don't only do sensitive skin am i wrong about that no i think you're right i think, I think it's just all formulated to be gentle yes okay so that's what i do and um so and i use on my blushes are by clinique I can't use a lot of frost. That breaks me out. I'm just saying that in case people out there haven't. You have to kind of, if you're having trouble, you have to kind of think about what it is that could be setting you off. Like, I can't use gel eyeliners. They make my eyes react. You have to start. Like, I can't do salicylic acid. It makes my face erupt. Although, that's what they use to clear up a lot of people's acne. I know. That's so weird. So, you have to just, even things in Clinique. Emma, remember we used that all about ice cream and it both, it broke, it broke us out. So, just because it says it's dermatology tested doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, face wash, serum, cleanser, and two eye creams. And eye creams. That's, that's really about it. I love it. Yeah. Wow. And, and changing your pillowcase. Changing my pillowcase. And also, even though you don't wear SPF, you have never tanned your face. No, I don't tan my like face. Like, you stay out of the sun. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I don't put a hat on when I'm driving. I just wear my glasses. And, you know, if I was going to sit out in the sun, which I don't do very often anymore, I always had a hat on my head. I wasn't going to let my face get tan. Yeah. I, you can just pretend it's tan with you know, bronzers. And if you have sensitive skin, the best bronzer is Hoola by Benefit. Mm. It doesn't turn orange. Okay. And it's very natural, and it doesn't break me out. Okay. Wow. There you go. I feel like we could do a whole other episode just about skincare and beauty oh. and lipsticks and blush and I mascara. love talking about that I shit. I know. I know. Maybe we will. Um, okay. Last question that someone sent in is, what has been your greatest joy in life? Raising my children. I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've complained here and there. <laughs> my sisters, if they're listening to this, are like, here and there. <laughs> but no, that is like, I mean, I think I was a pretty good mom. That's always what I wanted to do was get married and be able to be in a place where I could stay home and raise my kids. And I was granted that. 
And I, I'm really fortunate. Not a lot of people can do that. Yeah. And I was there day in and day out. I happened to have a husband who traveled all the time. I raised the girls, basically. He wasn't home till the weekend. And I did the best I could. We're very close. We have our squabbles. But I feel like we're a very tight-knit unit. And that's that's what I wanted. Wow. Well, you are an amazing mom. Oh, thank you. Honey. I mean, you're sitting here doing a podcast with me. You're the best. Well, I had nothing better going on. <laughs> I mean, since you left, I have nothing to do. Mama. <laughs> well, I love you. Everyone else loves you. Oh, I don't know about that. They do. Thank you okay. for coming back on. Oh, I bored everybody. I'm sorry. Stop it. See, this is where your social anxiety comes I know, in. But I just like, I don't want everybody to go, oh, we well, get to the point. Well, they don't. won't. And you know what? If they do feel like that, they won't even be listening right. Like they'll have turned it off. Oh, yeah. After the first. So three. if you're still here listening, you're a real one and okay. we love you. Thank you. Yes. And we'll have you back on in 2023. Sounds good. Okay. There's going to be special things to talk about by the end of 2023. Okay, mama. Hint, hint. I, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Okay, bye guys. Bye. Say bye. bye.